welcome in Jeff Tarpley from Gigum 247.com to the program. Jeff, uh, not a good week in the SEC, not a good week in college football when it comes to uh, having to cancel and postpone football games. Well, it's interesting because a circumstances are a lot different than other people's. I think you had a lot more outside influences with regard to some of the other programs that are having troubles. Uh, A&M's basically had one guy who they, they actually left him behind, but unfortunately two other people that didn't get picked up before they got on the plane and then – you know, went to the game and then stayed and then came back. Uh, that's the two that they missed. And so from a number standpoint, as far as three positive tests, two players, one Stafford, the numbers, the numbers are okay. The problem is, is that when you're in an enclosed, enclosed metal tube for multiple hours around multiple people, then you get to the contact tracing part, and that's what did A&M in for this week and perhaps even the following week against Ole Miss. Can you see games being pushed back even further than what they are scheduled for? Can you see the college football playoffs being pushed back? Can you see those New Year's bowl games being pushed back uh, a week, ten days, two weeks? I mean, is that a is that a legitimate possibility in your opinion? I think we need to see where we are as – a society before those things happen. Uh, we're, you know, one of the things about following this in the spring, summer, even early fall. Remember, there were multiple times that it, it, it appeared that we were on the verge of a, of, a, of a catastrophic situation. Cases were surging, and even though teams were preparing to play, it was like, well, you know, are they really going to even play the game? As it turned out, things got better. And so they were able to play the football games. I think that what you would like them to like them to do is to at least get those games from the SEC standpoint is is use that December 12th date to pick up some of the games. Uh, perhaps use the December 19th day to pick up the games not involving the teams in the SEC title game, and then wait to see where everyone else is. Again, we've got a surge right now in the decisions and the way we look at things right now may or may not be applicable in a month. And also, let's find out where we are after Thanksgiving. I don't think it's a coincidence that every time we've had an event like a holiday, uh, kids coming back to campus for the start of classes, that we've seen surges like this. So let's check back in, especially after Thanksgiving, and see what's up with everybody before we're probably able to make any kind of decisions. Jeff, let me ask you this. How is, how is Coach Fisher handling uh, what they're doing right now <clears throat> as far as practice, um, you know, meeting time? What, what really is a daily schedule with what he's doing? As far as we can tell right now, the players that are not in quarantine and did not test positive are at least working out. And I, I think the workouts – are probably similar to what they had during the summer prior to the prior to the start of fall camp. The players that are quarantined can work out, but according to the SEC, their situation is a lot different. They've got to bring them. They've got to be more isolated. I think they've got to bring them back more slowly. From a practicing standpoint, A and M will probably A and M is not practicing right now. It looks like they probably won't practice this week. 
uh, in all likelihood, they won't return to practice until next week. So that means, and that was one of the issues, even without the con, uh, contact tracing, Monday A&M did not practice. And no matter what happens, however many you know people they had in, contra- in contact tracing, if they couldn't have practiced Tuesday, that would have made playing against Tennessee very, very problematic. So a and going to have to get back to a setup of regular scheduled practices, uh, and, and that would start at least from a meeting standpoint on, on Sunday because that's usually the day that they get back from games and they do have meetings and they kind of have Monday off. They have the uh, media days off. Uh, for right now, though, it's, it's all Zoom and, and individual workouts in all likelihood. You have an article out right now about Ryan McCollum. What makes him stand out to you? You know, everybody talks about Isaiah Spiller, uh, Kellen Mond. Uh, Carson Green on the offensive line has gotten a lot of praise this season uh, at right tackle. Jalen Widemeyer is a very exciting tight end. But Ryan McCollum, last year I think A&M really missed him. Uh, Colton Prater was a capable player at the center position, but McCollum is a little taller. Uh, he's able to play with a little more length when he gets locked up with people. Uh, he's able to get a little more drive uh, when he uh, gets latched on with folks. Uh, you watch McCollum when he does make contact. He's able to sustain that contact off of what are called combo blocks when you have uh, center and guard take an interior lineman. And eventually one of them has to slide off and get to the second level against a linebacker. Last year on when A&M ran inside zone, outside zone, they had a very problematic time getting off of that double team and getting to the second level. This season, they're able to get a guy off to the second level. And a large part of that is due to the fact that McCollum is able to stay with those blocks one-on-one. He's able to do something with a nose tackle, take him down, tie him up, to the extent that the backer doesn't fill, he doesn't on outside zone, he doesn't fill on inside zone. And so you're seeing, as one of the reasons Isaiah Spiller is generating the yardage that he is because he doesn't, not coming into contact with those guys until he's after, he's until he's after he's cleared the line of scrimmage. Those guys aren't able to fill. And so that's a big advantage for Anand's run game. Where do the Aggies stand at right now with Shamir Turner from DeSoto? Uh, I'm not a recruiting. I'm not actively involved in recruiting, uh, so I'm not sure exactly where they are in that regard. I know they do feel pretty good about his chance, about their chances with him. Uh, he's a he's one of those national recruits, though, that it's just going to take a while to play out. And it's interesting too because I think the NCAA actually extended the uh, period with regard to taking visits, the period in which you can't take visits, that kind of thing due to our current circumstances. So it's going to be interesting to see how all that plays out with some of these guys who are coming down the decision time frame. And especially, too, because here's something to think about from a recruiting standpoint. If you're getting games pushed back to December 12th already, which has happened with A&M Tennessee, if you get more games pushed back until the 19th, well, that's around the signing date. 
and normally that time that time of the year is 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 open. So these coaching staffs are really going to have to pull double duty on these guys that they get in the uh, early signing period in December, not just from a preparation standpoint, but also to continue to work on those guys until the last possible minute. Interesting that you bring up that. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about the uh, the difficulties that it has this uh, this pandemic has created for uh, for football teams preparing and going to play games, but just the recruiting process has changed 100 percent, hasn't it, Jeff? Yeah, because you can't send coaches out to see guys. You can't; they can't come to see you really unless it's uh, unofficial visit. So it's just been all very, very problematic in terms of establishing a relationship with the kids. And again, while I'm not as involved on that front as I used to be years ago, I can tell you, having covered it in the past. It's, it's something that's extraordinarily important, and especially for Jimbo Fisher, who, while A&M may send out a lot of offers, they usually target very, very few kids relative to the number of offers they send out and the number of kids they bring in for visits. And so Fisher is very, very good, and most of the staff is very, very good in that, in that regard, but especially Fisher's really, really good in that regard. And so... He's having to work these kids differently than what he's used to. It's not so much of the fact that, hey, he, he, Fisher's a very personable guy. He's very, very impressive one-on-one. So he's having to do that over Zoom or some other means as opposed to in person. And the fact that he's still able to get his, that part of his personality to come through. You know, the, the guy that's from West Virginia, that's a very down-to-earth guy that can relate to just about anyone. Uh, he's still able to get that part of his personality to come through electronically. And I think that's really helped A&M hold its own in a time where some, you know, schools are, are not exactly able to do all the, th- you know, necessarily play to their strengths, uh, in terms of being able to communicate with kids and then eventually close out their classes. All right, Jeff. Hey, appreciate your time. Uh, tell us what we can uh, what we can see on gigum247.com. Well, <laughs> this week we had an unexpected bye week, so I've <laughs> done uh, you know articles on on A and M Center Ryan McCollum. I did an article on Buddy Johnson who is A&M's Mike Linebacker, who also felt is the most unappreciated, underrated, unsung player on the defensive side of the ball for the first half of the season. Uh, we're also going to keep you updated within threads on what's going on. You know, hey, is A&M practicing? Are they not practicing? You know, what's the outlook now for the Ole Miss game? Because we all know what it is for the Tennessee game. What's happening in the rest of the conference with regard to this? Uh, because it's just a really, really interesting time. And you kind of have, you know, we not only have to be all hands on board uh, for all of this, but in order to keep up with things, you guys have to be on, you know, on board all the time as well. And and we're glad to do that for everybody that uh, subscribes to our site. Hey, Jeff, thanks so much for the time. Jeff Tarpley from gigum247.com.